I walk down Holton Street Sunday as the sun goes down early, tender with color in the gravity of mid-November. Advanced die castings overhead doors and recessed exits are silent. From one, an illuminated doorbell watches the western sky with me. Its wheat-colored beam is sentimental as the rural late autumn of calendars. A cabin and white-tailed bucks with hooves in a light crust of snow. The half-timbered tavern on Richard Street is sentimental too. Once thousands of auto workers parked across the street. Every eight hours on these acres, hundreds of ignition keys were turned, wrists and wrists revolving clockwise together. The tavern windows are crowded with pimpled aloe plants and cactus, and one has a faded cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's decades old, from Commando or Terminator, shows we saw at Northtown, The Budget or Mill Road, which are gone. Everyone loved hearing Arnold say hasta la vista. We laughed because he was oblivious, unblinking as cycles or laws, when he was sent by the losers of the future to go back and revise the past. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And my name is Benjamin Ringo. I'm Sam Woods, and you just heard from Sue Blaustein, a local poet and writer, reading her poem, On These Acres. The poem is featured on the recently released Milwaukee Anthology, which is a collection of short stories and poems about Milwaukee written by Milwaukeeans. And that's what we're here to listen to today on Bridges City. We talked with the editor of the Milwaukee Anthology, Justin Kern. We discussed his process of creating such a comprehensive piece of work, the challenges he faced as an editor, and how he selected who is in the anthology. But really quickly, if you aren't currently a patron of ours on Patreon, please consider becoming one at our $4.14 level. That's just 414. Yeah, we're clever here at Bridges City. For this episode, we were able to track down a couple of poets featured in the anthology, one of which was Sue Blaustein, who you heard from at the beginning. And you'll also hear from Dasha Kelly, who will play us out at the end of the episode. So we don't pay ourselves to produce Bridge the City. This is just all for fun and in our free time. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's also for you, the listeners, of course. Um, And we produce it entirely on our own time. And while $4.14 a month won't let us quit our day jobs, it can pay for a couple of coffees for Sam there, who had to run all over town to get these interviews. I am tired. Um, But actually, all the money just goes right back into the podcast. No coffee for Sam in reality. Um, But please consider donating. It would mean a lot to us. So while you're signing into Patreon and becoming our newest patron, we'll let our guest, Justin Kern, Milwaukee Anthology editor and one of Milwaukee's biggest fans, introduce himself. My name is Justin Kern. I've lived in Milwaukee since 2005. I own a home with my wife in Bayview. Uh, for work, I work for a nonprofit doing communications. Um, also on the side, do do my own freelance writing and uh, involved in a couple of different uh, organizations too, um, outside of paid work. I work for do some stuff for Ex Fabula, Big Brothers Big Sisters, um, and just try to 
rep real Milwaukee as hard as possible. And then so we wanted to have you on in particular to talk about this beautiful piece of work, mm. the Milwaukee Anthology, which you edited. Yes. And actually, do, would you mind uh, reading an excerpt from it? I'm Particularly sure. the, the introduction, yeah. uh, your introduction. I would be happy to. Um, and just the first paragraph, if you don't mind. Can do. Milwaukee is a living caveat, half an asterisk exploding westward from Lake Michigan, tendrils pointed at but not reaching college capital daydream Madison, metropolis Chicago, and all that Iowa mental landscape in between. It's a city that's overly proud of itself and too often overlooked for its greatness. Exceptional in its trauma and celebration, except when the business of daily life gets gloriously in the way. At a recent peak and hitting new lows, it's a big town and a small city, run down and redeveloped, terrarial and terror. That's so great. The copy editors did. The, the publisher, the first thing, they were like, what the hell is terrarial? Terrarial. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I Googled <laughs> yeah. was terrarial, yeah, yeah. and then I was reminded yeah. of Roll Out the Barrel. Roll Out the Barrel, that's yeah, right. Bruce right. It's a great. It's yeah. a great nonsense. Word. Yeah. It's really um, I, I still it's uh, it's like a celebratory term, like yeah. they use in the when the Brewers are hit, like uh, in the seventh inning. I think they do it when they do the seventh inning stretch. They play the song "Roll Out the Barrel," and "Zing Boom Terrell" or something like, like that is like nonsense words they use to right. rhyme in the song. And it's, so everybody like that's gone to like a Brewers game. It's like a thing you'll see and cheer I've never, and chant. I've sang that song, but I've never yeah. seen the word written. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and when you Google it, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> like it's not in the dictionary. <laughs> Right, right. I guess. It yeah. comes up in association with that song, yeah. about the barrel. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a it's a good introduction, and I think Thank it you. highlights uh, sort of how Milwaukee, like almost as Milwaukee is an in between, in between mm-hmm. two ideas. Yeah, I think well, because there's there's like a, it forces you to this level of civic pride or something, or this or this kind of aspect of like what the hell's wrong with this city? Like you're you're living with this kind of duality of like. It isn't the kind of place that a lot of people from far away come to. So it's like people that have grown up either in or right near Milwaukee. So they have some kind of like understanding and depth around like the the history of the place. Obviously, no one knows where we'll go, but it feels like the city is going somewhere that it hasn't had the opportunity to go to, and, and that is obviously limited to some parts of the city so there's certain aspects of like people you know I'm certain that like you see the you know all the a couple of skyscrapers and condos going up all around downtown on the east side Um, that same economic boom hasn't happened on ninth and ring Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's an in-between in that aspect too I think where it's like we're we're between two versions of the of the city or or between a couple of different versions of the city and um, I, I guess the hope would be, I, I think the book certainly um, gets a good, a healthy range of the voices from, from uh, like what's up from River West and what's up from Sherman Park and um, Clark, like Clark Square. Um, so I, I think it'll give you a good idea of like the different voices and places people are at. Um, and, and ultimately, even with that kind of... Um, Uncertainty. There is hope. You know, I, I don't want to make it seem like a book where it's like a super downer, but yeah, I, I yeah. think the reader will come away with aspects of, you know, in that same way where people have like earned the civic pride or like, yeah, I'm from Milwaukee, you know, like that there's like some 
badge of honor or something or, or ability to question the city that you come away hopefully right. with, with an aspect of, of hopefulness. What was your role in, in getting this thing created? Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful piece of work. Thank you very much. Well, um, so Belt Publishing out of Cleveland um, really is very mindful and intentional about getting earnest present-day stories of cities and areas of the Midwest and the, and the Rust Belt out there. Um, I think that's it, it's the kind of thing where there's this morbid fascination every four years from the coasts of what people from Cincinnati or Racine are like, you know. Um, but they do a great job of, of kind of banging the drum all the time, good, bad, and otherwise, uh, about what's going on. And I've been lucky to be involved with a book that they did out of Buffalo. I had a story in that one. That's where I grew up was Western New York and Buffalo. And... Um, that approached them about a year and a half ago and and said, have you guys ever thought about doing a Milwaukee one? And they said, have you ever thought about editing the Milwaukee one? <laughs> so, so this was your first time editing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been an editor at like a, a daily newspaper, yeah. so but totally different. I mean, it, this was like, it was it was like picking up a second job uh, yeah. in a way. And, and um, in some of the ways where it was like, hard right it's a lot of time and it was it was difficult um but unlike a job it was um it it was it kind of there are aspects of exploration and getting to meet a lot of people that i had wanted to or wouldn't have expected to um in kind of the outreach and the call for submissions um so but uh, yeah it was a process of well over a year of um getting out there, trying to get specific people to write for the book, um, trying to comb through many, many submissions, particularly on the poetry side. Um, I learned how to edit poetry, I guess, which I was like, <laughs> I had kind of not my world. Like nonfiction and essays, you know, I, that is more, that's what I write and that's what I've worked with. So uh, publishers are very helpful with that side of things. But um, just a very incredible kind of uh, exploration on, on both the writing side of things, but also um, getting to know our city so much better, and, and particularly the people that live, you know, our neighbors. I'm just wondering, like, as an editor, how did you approach not infusing your experience, your voice, into your voice. everything in, that you were editing? Right? Yeah, I feel like I would, I would, I would do that. Yeah, I'm well, there's, yeah, there's, it's a, that's a really, it, that was, that was definitely, uh, you know, I had to keep that front and center. You know, I had a couple things that talking with the publisher that I really wanted to make sure that we did with this book that I feel like we accomplished, which is to highlight the diversity of, of our city, um, to not shy away from the challenges and the problems. You know, I, I, I don't think we need another book about like the 40 you know, patios to visit you know, where, you know, I like yeah. <laughs> just something that's like, there's a place for that. But, uh, you know, I did not want this book to be that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, um, yeah, making sure the authors, you know, there's one example I'll give. Pardeep Kaleka wrote the, wrote the incredible piece about his um, temple and, and about the, his father was killed and, and a, you know, a number of other people um, in, in Oak Creek. And he, I was talking with him. He's obviously, he's a very accomplished speaker and, and has other work published. And uh, I, I was extremely grateful he um put this piece together and um, it, he, he kind of was like, hey, I'm, I'm just gonna 
this is a you know that's an intensely personal and painful thing and he's like i'm i'm gonna be paraphrasing a bit here but he was like i'm just gonna this is a stream of consciousness thing i have to like just go through this day i'm gonna send you the stream of consciousness thing and it was it was quite a bit longer than the piece it is the longest piece in the book but um that was a thing where him and i worked back and forth a lot on that because i i trimmed some things down um, but had to be really careful because it's it's um, extremely personal, and there's a lot. I I don't know a lot of some of the cultural you know things he's maybe referencing in the book, and and he does a good job of he did a good job of coming back and explaining some things in there, um, but also being um, he was he was very gracious when it came to some of the edits, um, and uh, ultimately I think turn that's that's one of my favorite pieces in the book but um it, it was it was that part that piece was was challenging because i wanted you know not that there was something wrong with it or it needed work but it was the kind of thing of what you're talking about where it was like this is has to remain his voice and his the strength of his voice has to come through yeah and you say it's the longest piece but it's still just about 12 pages right so right. just for listeners to know the great thing at least from my perspective about the anthology is that it's a you don't know what an anthology means necessarily because yeah. maybe not common <laughs> common knowledge, right? It's just a collection of different pieces of work. So this is something you can pick up and in five minutes get through quite a few, yeah. You know, yeah, either one or two poems or a yeah. short story or, you know, it's it's really accessible. Um, and there's a lot of like really cool Milwaukee illusions that like as a big fan of Milwaukee, you know, referencing certain certain neighborhoods right like it just brings me joy reading it so it's it's really great um how did you just i guess beyond the editing of specific pieces yeah you you said you got a lot of submissions yes how do you say no to someone's <laughs> right. voice and their story about the yeah. city that they love and care about it was hard i mean you know i i think after i put in that initial manuscript they came back and said a couple of things had to get cut mm-hmm. uh, or or they just gave me a word count where like we we could do the, we could pull out the meat cleaver and do it, or you can do it. Um, and thankfully, some of the things I actually cut a piece that I wrote in there. I did an interview with Jim Lovell, the astronaut. Um, but again, I was like, I had to check myself and be like, Tom Hanks played him in a movie. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know if he needs if this yeah. is a rare voice for yeah. our city. Um, and there were unfortunately a couple other people. Like there was a really great interview with a woman from Lagos who has a fashion store on the east side and just talking about what it's like to have a business. But it, it had been published in um, Maddie is her name. Maddie um, uh, Stocking had a, had that interview published elsewhere, so uh, didn't have space for that unfortunately, and, and it had already run. Um, I got a couple of pieces on Summerfest. Um, again, there's there's great places to have to to write and read about Summerfest, but I didn't think that we needed a Summerfest thing in the book. Um, I think that that's out there. Um, there were a couple things like that where it was it felt like the stories had been shared or told. Um, and, and there were there's a couple well there are a couple pieces in there that have aspects or or a lot of coverage on historical side of things. Uh, there were a few I got a lot of submissions from the history side of things. So I wanted to again it's a place where there's a, there's a lot of that out there. Um, and what I think is necessary and important was to make this book present and um, very much like today, like people in Milwaukee today are living this life and sharing these stories. Um, two, two of the things that I think like 
I tried to chase down and I feel like we're big misses. Um, or, you know, I, I just like intellectually would like to know yeah. more about too, where um, the Rohingya population in the city is, is like, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that Milwaukee is like, if not the top like place where the people have uh, migrated, you know, from that humanitarian disaster, um, that Milwaukee's like a huge hub for that. Uh, that that group of people, um, and I, you know, sent some letters out, but I, I didn't have any inroads to um, ultimately get a story from the population. Um, and the other was that I really, um, I really thought there'd be a great story out of Silver City. Like I, you know, just think about a couple of neighborhoods where, like, when I would, when I bring friends to Milwaukee, like that's a neighborhood I bring someone to Mamie's and to get some like Laotian food because it's not what people talk about when they talk about Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, but that is like one of the most cool, diverse neighborhoods in our city. And um, so, but we didn't end up getting a, any kind of direct story from, from I reached out to a couple of business owners in the uh, historical society. But so to me, like, you know, the, there are stories that we didn't get a chance to get in the book. Um, but uh, you know, someone wants to do they they be a follow up book, you know, Milwaukee right. Anthology yeah. too. That's your opportunity. Yeah. Out there. The cover of the book. Did you have Paloma Chavez's brilliant cover? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did you get that edited and I guess choose the the artwork for the cover as well? Paloma, yeah, Paloma is amazing. Um, she's a graphic designer in the city, and she has done um, at, at least one other book cover that I know of. Um, Todd Lazarski, her. Her husband uh, wrote a piece in the book, and he had a book come out a couple years ago. It was pretty great, and uh, I saw her work on that, and have seen her graphic design stuff. So, can you just sort of describe yeah. the cover for the listeners? Yeah. So it's it's kind of it, she asked me a couple of things of like what I'd be looking for. So I was like, Cream City Brick was definitely you know some element of Cream City Brick, some element of like the water, some aspect of the griminess. Like I don't want to like I want I want the person that sees the cover of this book to know that's that there's. The grime is on there, you know. It's not just like polished clean. Yeah. Um, so she came back with a couple of options, but this was this was the, I think both of our favorites. So it's like this kind of it's like that kind of paneling that sometimes you'd cover a window, or sometimes you'll see even like with homes that are burned out or evicted, this kind of wood panel uh, over a, um, a portal or a window on a on a building, and then there's a bit of cream city brick, and then there's this kind of sh shredded. Um, image of some sailboats out on the lake um yeah it is really great cover and it's yeah. it's just captivating yeah you know and that i, I mean milwaukee anything with milwaukee on it i'm picking up <laughs> but, uh, it, it's it's a great piece of work for sure i just think it's really important for the people in the suburbs who live there now just read something like this because um i have a friend who was telling a story you know she grew up in maybe waukesha or just west of milwaukee and um, coming to Milwaukee, her parents had said, "Make sure you only take the interstate and don't take any of the side roads to right. the capital." Or yeah, you know. So it, my wife had said that they yeah, that was a thing like that when they'd come in for concerts when they were like yeah. teenagers. It'd be yeah. like North Avenue was like this danger zone that they yeah. were warned about by family that lived in Brookfield. And and really, what this book is, in my opinion, is a narrative. It's attempting to change a narrative in some ways, right? I I, I hope so. Yeah, I mean. I, it's, you know, a lot of people touch on the segregation. It's, like, unavoidable. And, and I'm glad because it's a conversation that needs to keep happening um, if anyone hopes to move forward together. 
Um, but yeah, I think that you know a couple of things have changed in that narrative to show that the Midwest is not all white fifty-five-year-old drywallers that you know, or like just like Harleys and cheese curds and all that. Um, that yes, there are those things, but that we're this is a pretty diverse city. It, it's it's segregated, but it's diverse, and um, we have the opportunity. I would hope to. Um, get to know each other a little bit better and to understand kind of the depth of amazing stuff that is happening and the humongous challenges that are 10 blocks away. Um, but to, to know that not one, no neighborhood is one thing. I've been afforded the, the opportunity through some work and just general interest to like be proximate to the rest of the city. Um, and this city, unlike any other city I've ever been in, it makes you think it's not enticing to go visit other neighborhoods. Um, so as while we have this incredible depth of um, diversity and of all this cool stuff happening around the city, it's not the kind of place that like feels like it's inviting you to go to all the different neighborhoods in the city. So um, I think that proximity thing is something I try to push personally for, for myself to, to go do and be around the people that are our neighbors um, and not just let um, Milwaukee exist as this, as this monolithic, like the scary city in Wisconsin yeah. or whatever it might be. Our city is in the national spotlight for the next year plus. There are going to be no shortage of people trying to sum up what the hell our city is all about and who we are. Um, between the Bucks, the DNC, and I mean, LULAC conference is coming up this summer. Um, there are a ton of people that would not normally spend a lot of time in Milwaukee um, that are going to be looking for who we are and what we stand for. Um, so I would hope that this book would be added to the catalog of um, other great books that are that are out there, both historically and in, in, in different forms of writing about Milwaukee. Yeah, and I think it's clear that uh, our reception of the book is, is really positive. How has the reception been? elsewhere in the community? Uh, it's been, I think it's been fantastic. Um, I, I have very much appreciated the openness that people have had to talk about. Um, it's not always easy to, especially I'm like an outsider, right? So like I've been here for like 14, 15 years. I do consider, I am, I live in Milwaukee, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. But, um, you know, I was worried about that, that there would be this like, who's this outsider coming with this, with this Cleveland-based publisher, tell us who we are. So through that lens, uh, people have been very encouraging and very interested in having deeper conversations about um, what's really going on and how we can get better. What's the most important thing you, you're taking away from this whole experience? Yeah, I, you know what, there's like, um, when I was initially, so they said yes about the book. They're like, okay, well, go do it. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I gotta figure out how the hell this works. Um, one of the things I did, and I, I grabbed a picture of it, like it was, I asked in January, I want to say, we'd gotten a Christmas present from my wife's mom, and it was the historic Milwaukee, that like map or the poster of the flags, like the neighborhood flags, mm -hmm. and we hung it up like pretty soon, soon before I you know, got the arrangement of the book. And I was like, I have no idea where Enderus Park is. Like, I have no. This is like kind of embarrassing. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like rep this poster and like talk like I'm all about Milwaukee and this Milwaukee book. This is like shameful. So, um, it was. I would say like, I would say half of the neighborhoods that like have those flags. I was like, 
I don't, I have no idea of like, I don't even know, like, I don't know where this is. Like, not only like, how is that possible? This is like a, everyone knows where the, you know, this is a very, in that way where it's a small town, it seems like some ways, like, how, how do I that live here? How do I not know where Indus Park is? So my wife and I put together, we looked over that map and then we looked over kind of like a map of the city and we were like, okay, where are the places we haven't been? Like, and what's what's there to do? Like, can we go get dinner there? Like we hadn't, I mean, this is a great, like, like Mitch, I knew Mitchell street and I've been down here when Goldman was here, but I was like, how have I not spent time just walking up and down this amazing couple of blocks here in the historic Mitchell street area, um, where we're recording this right now, I guess for context. Um, but like, there's an, there's like a Pakistani, uh, amazing Pakistani restaurant. There's Las Palmas, which has like the coolest, collection of like western like wear and like imprinted t-shirts uh i mean there's just like awesome stuff happening on the street and it's like eight minutes from my house you know so anyway we put together this list of like where have we barely been where do we not know anything about and just a couple of things to kind of force us to back to that proximity thing like let's be proximate to the city and go out and see and spend time and spend money like let's let's do this and like get to know the city a lot better that has been um, something personally really rewarding, but that was something when I was looking at like the submissions that were coming in and that I was asking about, do we have a story from any, any number of neighborhoods in the city? Like, do, I need to make sure that these stories are being yeah. told yeah. and shared um, in that same way. As someone who like prides himself on like, I'm gonna get out and see all of Milwaukee yeah. and um, you know, I'm not gonna just like know my, know my neighborhood. Yeah. And I was reading through, uh, was, it's the story on the redlining bus tour. In Lauren's story, yeah. Yeah, so this is about um, Adam Carr and is it Joaquin Al Toro? Yes. So Joaquin says at some point, does anyone know what a dulceria is? Al Toro asked the group. A few of us raise our hands, Al Toro says again. If you don't know, it doesn't matter. It's not for you. It's for them. Yeah. I, I just reading that it was a nice reminder. Of like, okay, yeah, you know, not everything's for me. Yeah. And like, there's uh-huh. this tension of like, I need to get out of my neighborhood, but then I don't want to. I don't know. Like, I don't want to. If it's not for me, I need. To, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to intrude in someone yeah. else's space. So right. Like, I, I don't, you don't, and you yeah. don't want to be a tourist in your own, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, what a that just smacks of like insincerity, yeah, right? Right. Um. So that's you know we were thinking about things that would be like street festivals mm-hmm. that like restaurants thing for state parks or, or county parks or that type of thing yeah. you know certainly like going over the list of like when the neighborhoods we had not been to or spent time in the, the things that are a little more just open to the public you know mm-hmm. certainly I mean that's that's a starting point um, but yeah I mean it's you know I don't want to just like pop in and just brag to say I'm just going to like something when it's like insincere yeah. so and i guess because like that's an action yeah. step that has come up a lot yeah. on this podcast mm-hmm. it's just like get out of your neighborhood just like go talk to people yeah i think it's more just more nuanced than that it's not like something you can check off yeah. You, yeah yeah i don't know yeah can't be like all right i've been to yeah. Yeah. harambe yeah so i'm now like yeah. woke yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, i mean that is so that was and my wife and i had that discussion when we made the that like list of like the neighborhoods we're like we are we're doing this because we just want to get dinner and be like supportive of our city. Yeah. We're not like, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But make sure we're not like tourists in our own, and, yeah. you know. Um, and I think it goes back to what you were saying about being proximate. Yeah. One way to have access that feels genuine to certain neighborhoods is <clears throat> being proximate in some other capacity, 
um, maybe showing up to a public event and putting yourself out there by meeting, you know, if it's a public, say it's a panel event where somebody from a certain community you're unfamiliar with is speaking, going up to them afterwards and actually connecting with them and yes. asking if you can get coffee with something yeah. with them. And then your proximity is through a person yeah. who's familiar with the neighborhood, yep. right? Um, I'm thinking of like the connections I made to different cultures in the city. You mentioned like the Rohingya or in the Koran and the Chin community here in uh, in Milwaukee who come from Southeast Asia, a culture I have no no experience in, didn't know anything about, but because I was in a unique position to educate students who were from Southeast Asia, they then invited me to like their chin, the, the Karen National Day, which is like an annual event that they held at the community center with like traditional food and dance. And like, I would never have been there if I didn't know the people right. who were involved. So that's another call to be proximate, which brings us into the action step yep. part of the episode. So again, thank you so much for being here, but we want to make sure our listeners leave with something very tangible. Um, and you mentioned proximity. So you can either talk more about that and, and try to be as specific as possible. Is there something that you've done? Is it a call to action to make a list of the yeah, I mean, communities? Or yeah, that, I mean, what would your call to action be? That's, you know, that's, something, that's something that like helped me like size up like what the voices we wanted for the book, as well as just personally being like... Haven Woods is an example I think about. Like Haven Woods is... It's not, um, I live in Bayview, so it's like 20 minutes away, but it's not far. Um, but I had no idea, it was another one, I had no clue that neighborhood existed um, until I kind of did some more digging. So um, then you do some more digging, you find out there's a state forest there, and there's an old like Nike missile silo thing, and there's a great corned beef place, and they do a great like summer blues um, outdoor blues kind of festival thing. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, I, I guess I would say that there is, um, it's a city, we're a city of festivals, right? And like partying and everything. Um, but I would invite people to go to the festivals you haven't gone to. Um, there is, there's like a Serbian food shindig they do every summer their puerto rican fest and and there's an indian fest that happened in humboldt park um you know go to the other festivals you haven't been to like don't just lean on bastille days or Summerfest, like where you are familiar with the neighborhood obviously puerto rican fest is like busy as hell and it's crazy and it's awesome and the food is amazing like people are going to puerto rican fest i don't mean to like frame it like that but I, i i just it, it is the kind of thing where I think uh, it's a it's a street festival. If we're a city of festivals, you should go enjoy you know all of this the festivals and and people that the city has to offer. And I think you you know Silver City is another one too, where they just do a, they do an amazing job of like presenting all the stuff going on in that neighborhood. Um, so maybe that's you know once it actually becomes summer. Uh, you know, go to the other festivals that you haven't been to this summer. That would be, you know, just an easy opportunity to experience other cultures that are right here in our city. Well, thank you so much. That sounds like a, one of the more fun call to actions. Yeah. Yeah. Tasty, like, fun, yes. dance, field trips. Usually it's like, call your older person, which yeah. absolutely do that. Yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, sure. going to festivals is go, a great action Go set. to some festivals. Also buy uh, the Milwaukee Anthology. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. You can pick it up at bookstores it's, around the city. Yeah, yeah, I'd encourage you to go to, to, go to Boswell, go yeah. to one of the local bookstores and pick it up. You can obviously get it online uh, through Belt Publishing, too. Um, and I've heard that they're a giant conglomerate. 
wants to sell it to. But you know, I'd, encur- yeah, I'd encourage you to yeah. go to go to Bell Publishing the the site or go to Boswell. Yeah. All right. Uh, really quickly, one word answer. Favorite restaurant in the city? In the whole city. The whole city. Oh, dude. Uh, I want to just, well, let me just say one in memoriam, uh, Faux High Tiet, which just closed last month, um, Faux High Tiet had the greatest sandwich I've ever eaten in my entire life, the wow. banh mi sandwich, without question. It's like, such a shame. It's, wow. it's a damn shame. It's a I, damn shame. I feel like I never will have a chance to go there yeah. now, and now you just, you created yeah, a, sorry about a that. desire in my mind. You can never know. Uh, yeah. Favorite bar? Um, I'm I'm a townie, so the Newport, the bar around the corner from okay, my house. Nice, yeah, nice. Mamie's is great. Um, Jamos is great. Uh, Ralph's Coffee is great. Um, but Newport's near and dear to my heart. Okay, and then best cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those gonna be? We talked about what? cheese curds enough on the podcast, but any restaurant in the city. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We this appreciate is, it. This has been awesome. Thank you guys very much. So I was excited to speak with Justin because his work to collect the stories of Milwaukeeans is not too different from our work here at Bridge the City. At our heart, we try to be storytellers, to give a voice to those who are doing important work in the city and to tell stories about what challenges the city faces. Justin is one of those important people. The Milwaukee Anthology is full of amazing stories. These stories show us just how important Milwaukee is. They're honest, interesting stories that Justin collected. And in his first work as an editor, he's able to bring together different perspectives throughout the city and tell the most authentic story of Milwaukee I have ever read. His insight in how he made sure his stories were diverse and representative of the city provided us with a tangible action step. Visit places you've never been. Support every neighborhood in Milwaukee. And that's where I'll leave you all here and challenge you all to see the city like Justin does, as a city whose story needs to be told. Accurate narrative building is always difficult, but it's especially hard to build an accurate portrayal of a whole city like Milwaukee in just one book. But Justin Kern has clearly thought through his narrative selection process, and it was wonderful to hear how intentional he was about which stories were included and why stories of Cheese Curves, Summerfest, and Harleys didn't make the cut. But here's how you can help the editor of the next Milwaukee anthology. Get your story out there. Write about your experience in Milwaukee, tell your personal story on the X Fabulous stage, start a podcast about your neighborhood. Whatever your method, find your own unique way of adding to the story of 2019 Milwaukee and make it easier for the next Justin to build a narrative that reflects the complex dynamics of an entire city. Thank you all so much for listening and continuing to support Bridge of the City. You know, uh, I haven't been on the podcast in a while, so yeah. this is my first time featured on the episode Welcome in quite back. some time. Missed you. Um, so it's good to be back, and, and I hope you all are happy to hear my voice. Uh, yeah. But thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. And I do want to urge you all to check out our new website and logo design. Uh, very exciting you, stuff Lizzie. here at Bridge of the City. Shout out to Lizzie, our um marketing extraordinaire um doing excellent work on the podcast and so check that out and leave feedback give us some some feedback and your thoughts on the new logo and the website 
If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting feed uh, to help other Milwaukeeans find the podcast and take action in our community. And Sam really is looking drowsy after all of the production and editing here. So he needs his caffeine. Yeah. So uh, become a patron today at patreon.com slash bridge the city at the $4 and 14 cent level, you know, 414 Milwaukee or whatever level you want to donate. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Justin Kern for compiling the Milwaukee anthology and joining us on the podcast, uh, as well as to Sue Blostein for joining us at the top of the episode and Dasha Kelly, who will play us out with a reading of her poem about leaving which touches on her thoughts of leaving Milwaukee, but why she chooses to stay here to help us bridge the city. About Leaving by Dasha Kelly Hamilton. I only think of leaving you in between the slotted points of mourning, before swinging my feet from beneath these worn blankets and forcing my weight onto the floor. I think of leaving you then, imagining myself rising to greet the sun from some new horizon, a new mattress, a new walk to brush my teeth. I think of leaving you behind me then, tucking away your disappointments and afflictions like snapshots stuffed into shoeboxes never destined for a frame. We'd always talk about sorting them out and pressing labels onto photo album spines, but supposing is all we've ever been good at. Together, wondering what this relationship might be if I could re-engineer the ambitious wiring that led me back to you in the first place, and if you could engine past the rust and biting decay I once said gave you your charm. Infatuation and foresight are not meant to swirl inside the same thought. I'm sure we never planned on resenting each other. For the edges of these blueprints we've worked so diligently to align, I wouldn't be surprised if you hoped to find a note one day, an overwritten apology scratched in my lopsided and tumbling hand. You might not even read it right away. Breathe aloud that sigh of relief trapped inside your cream city bricks. Lie back instead, letting dry stubble, aluminum cans, and refuse consume you. Remind yourself that there are others who will love you just the way you are. Adoring hearts plentiful who won't insist on constant evolution, studying the neighboring Joneses, or changing the only way you've ever learned how to love, conditionally and without flourish. And I've always known this about you. Didn't settle myself into your spaces unaware of your history, unsympathetic to the rugged hands that yanked and pulled at your upbringing, tragically convincing you that this is all you should ever strive for. And you knew that I've always been different, not necessarily special or extraordinary, just different. That I've only been coached to peek under the sun peek under the sun for promise and wild imaginings you've been more successful at being practical you know better you said than to risk singeing the tips of your fingers on the surface of the sun i tried to show you how beautiful the scars can be sometimes i suppose we're both guilty of waiting of secretly hoping for more 
of looking for some folding back of rigid demands and a chiseling away of sharp corners. We've each tried our hands at changing in some previous lifetime. You failing to model your trendy peers, me bumbling through my revised declarations of independence. We've long ago resigned ourselves to be ourselves. So how can this sense of we survive in the harsh lights of failed expectation? I empty my coffee into the sink. I slide on my shoes and my lipstick and prepare to wrap my face in the raw morning sun. I won't think of leaving you then. With your crisp smell slipping familiar into my chest, your concrete rising to meet my feet. You've always known how I move, even when you couldn't understand my walk. I don't plan to leave you anytime soon, Milwaukee. I'm still hopeful we can find more loving to do.